You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Speaking to Campus Review this afternoon, we've got Andrew Norton of the Grattan Institute. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Now, there's been a lot of publicity since the report was released by Simon Birmingham regarding the new university funding and uh, HEC scheme. You were one of the key authors of this, weren't you? Yeah, so there's several changes going on at once. Uh, The students are going to have to pay more from next year if this all passes through the Senate. There's going to be a phased-in increase of 7.5% in the current student contributions. Uh, The government estimates that's going to cost students an average two or $3,000 extra on their entire course. So something they won't like, but I guess most people see this as as a much cheaper option than the feedy regulation that was proposed uh, three years ago. They'll also have to repay their help debt more quickly than in the past. Uh, The change that's getting all the attention is that there will be a new initial threshold at which you have to start repaying your help debt. Uh, At the moment, it's about $55,000. It's due to go down to $52,000 in 2018-19. The proposal is to take it down to $42,000, at which point uh, graduates would repay 1% of their income. So a fairly small amount on those lower incomes. Sure. I mean, there, as you say, there's been quite a lot of outcry at the idea that those uh, people are going to have to start repaying it. What is effectively quite a low salary, isn't it? Yeah. Really what this is targeting is people who are on part-time incomes. The problem with the economics of the loan scheme is that what we observe is that by their late 20s, early 30s, very large numbers of female graduates are moving on to part-time work. And the majority of part-time jobs pay less than the $55,000 threshold. And what that means is that a lot of the help debt is expected not to be repaid because uh, people on part-time jobs can spend their entire careers below the threshold. The problem with this is that uh, many of these people are working part-time because their partner is working full-time and is the main household breadwinner. So when we looked at this at Grattan last year, about 40, 000, 40% sorry, of uh, people earning between forty-two dollars and uh, $55,000 uh, are actually in households with uh, disposable incomes after tax of more than $80,000 a year. So often they're not in poor households. So from the government point of view, this is not a very effective way of targeting subsidies. Okay. But uh, for some people, they might argue, what about the other 60% that aren't in those households? Yes, so others are, another portion is sort of incomes around $60,000. Probably the, the group that's of greatest real political interest, I think, is, is not actually the new graduates, because usually if they're only earning 45000 it's probably more than what they were on before, so they're not actually worse off, and it's only 1% of their income. Probably the main area of interest are mature age uh, students. You know, often they will you know, already have... Uh, families, kids, etc., locked in financial responsibilities. And so for them, it'll be more difficult. On the other hand, I think there are big trade-offs here. Uh, really, we can't have a loan scheme where probably upwards of 20% will never be repaid. That's just putting too much financial pressure on it. 
uh, a high threshold means it's not really suitable for vocational education where incomes are typically lower than in higher education. So even though there will be some people for whom this is a, a, a problem, I think overall it's a necessary change. Okay, uh, one of the things you called for was a loan fee. That isn't something that's been included, is it? No, so really there were, were three things in help that I was calling for, lower threshold which has happened, loan fee and uh, ending the deceased estate right off of death. So really uh, only one of those three ideas has been taken up. I think probably the government made a judgment that uh, with a 7.5% increase in the student contribution, adding a loan fee on top of that would have been too much politically. Okay. Uh, one of the other things that, I mean, people have been focusing on the loan repayments, but nobody seems to be really commenting on the fact that some of the funding is now going to be focused upon uh, actual student graduation rates and satisfaction and so on. Yes. So. Part of the government component of university funding is going to be contingent on performance against very in various indicators, uh, which haven't haven't been decided, but are likely to include retention and graduate employment and an outcome such as that. So I think this is potentially one of the most difficult parts of the package because uh, Australia and other countries have, have tried these kinds of performance schemes in the past, and they're very very hard to design effectively. You know, either they you can't accurately identify performance or the performance can be identified, but it's not easy to say the university caused or didn't cause it. So student retention is a good example where if you look at the, the reasons people give for dropping out, often it's got nothing to do with uh, the university itself. They've got personal issues, they need to work more, uh, they've got health problems. And so really there's not much universities can do about those issues. And so I think they would legitimately complain if they were penalised for uh, outcomes which really they couldn't affect. Is it something where you would perhaps be looking at higher uh, entry standards to maintain the uh, people staying in the course? Yes, certainly that's one way of affecting your retention. So we can see a, a very clear relationship between ATARs and eventual completion rates. On the other hand, this is going to intersect with you know other government objectives. Uh, you know they, they're keeping a major program for encouraging equity students or disadvantaged students to come to, to university. Yet on average, those students have lower ATARs and people from higher socioeconomic backgrounds. So you've got that basic tension between uh, competing goals. Uh, do you take a risk on these uh, low SES students, in which case you achieve your equity targets, or do you decide, well, they may not complete, in that case we won't take them because we'll end up losing our performance funding? Sure. And I guess one of the other issues is if you start linking the funding of universities to employment opportunities, that could perhaps have a negative impact on regional campuses and regional universities, couldn't it? Uh, even more than regional, it'll probably have an impact on disciplines like arts and sciences, which aren't terribly vocational, and therefore graduates will often you know, at least take longer uh, to get, get a full-time job, so that's a difficulty. I think with regional, it really depends. The real difficulty here is that labour markets differ between locations. Some regions are actually doing fine, uh, whereas, say, some outer suburban locations may not be. And so that's, again, similar to retention, 
local employment conditions, something the university can do very, very little about, and therefore it'll seem to them to be unfair if they're penalised for uh, bad economic conditions where they happen to be. Sure. And I guess the final question I have for you is that the, uh, the New Zealanders don't seem to be very happy with the announcement either. I, what What's your attitude towards the New Zealand students and how yeah. their fee payments are going to be restructured? Yes, yeah, so both the thing with New Zealanders and most permanent residents is that currently they don't get student loans through HELP but they can get uh, subsidies largely for undergraduate places. Under what the government is proposing, they will get loans uh, so they can borrow under HELP, but they won't get the subsidies anymore. And because the typical subsidy for most courses is you know, $30,000 plus over the life of the degree, uh, this could mean very, very substantial cost increases for those students. Personally, I don't think this is the, the right way of going about it. From the government's point of view, it probably looks like a big budget saving, but it's not clear that will actually end up being the case because some people will just uh, delay until they get citizenship and then go anyway. And as I said before, the loan scheme has got heavy subsidies in it also. So if people are borrowing a whole lot more money, that will reduce the, the savings to government. Yeah, because I guess it's going to take them a whole lot longer to pay it off, isn't it? And as you've already yep. mentioned, the government doesn't actually make a profit when they're having to borrow money for these loans themselves. Certainly there won't be a cash flow advantage to government. There may be a long-term saving in the sense that they'll get more money back than they will spend via the grants, but I don't think this is great policy um, and really we're better off uh, just keeping the, the current system and possibly extending the loans to, to these students at some point in time. Okay, well, that's all the questions I have. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I think that's a good coverage. Okay, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us thanks. today, Andrew. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks, bye.